Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. So Psalms 13. This is David. And this is a song, a psalm. But it has a different tone than some of the ones where he talks about how great are you, God. You are wonderful. You are glorious. And all of the things that he wrote in great praise. This one says, how long will you forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I lay up? cares within me and have sorrow in my heart day after day how long shall my enemy exalt himself over me verse 3 consider and answer me O lord my god lighten the eyes of my faith to behold your face in this pitch like darkness lest i sleep the sleep of death lest my enemy say i have prevailed over him And those that trouble me rejoice when I am shaken. Verse 5. But I have trusted, leaned on, and been confident in your mercy and loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice and be in high spirits in your salvation. And I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your message today. And I ask you, Father, to lead me and to guide me and to direct me today as I share with the house and share with this family of faith that all that is said and done, Father, today will bring us over the top in a mighty way. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. My first question is, does this sound like David? The shepherd boy turned giant killer. Does this really sound like the David we're used to? I mean, we're used to the stories of David being over the top. We're used to the stories of David raining down on his enemies. We're used to the stories of David encouraging a discouraged group of people and, and making out of them a mighty army and, a, and, and, a, and the ability to fight any foe that comes in their midst. We're used to a David who sings songs like the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm, I shall not want. And so this seems really out of character for David. This seems out of character and out of sync with the man that we're used to in the Word of God. He's troubled. He's overwhelmed. He's beside himself with circumstance. Now, we don't know what the circumstance is. It's not written here. But there's something coming down on him, something raining down against him. (laughs) Some days we're killing giants. Come on. Some days are just giant killer days. Mmm. And some days you fight. 
what seems to be a giant of the circumstances of the enemy in your heart and your mind. Some days you're winning the giants on the outside and some days you're losing the giants on the inside. <laughs> Even kings have their moments. The children of Israel, remember them? They're this close to their promise, but all they can see is that they feel like they're grasshoppers. In the midst of a giant killing day, they got turned on in their own mind and own heart and forgot about God's ability in their difficult circumstance. It was revealed later, years later, after Joshua brought the second generation into the land that all those giants of Anak that they feared were literally sitting behind the walls of Jericho fearing that the Israelites would come across the Red Sea or come across the, the Jordan. Afraid they would come across because they'd heard of the exploits of their God. And where we get tripped up is we get to looking at the natural circumstances. And so when we're following God, we're on a giant killer day. But when we're having one of those days when the enemy is speaking and we hear that voice louder than the voice of God, we get into that place of grasshopper mentality and soon the giants are overtaking us. So let me just, let me just give you this. Life happens. Now, I know that's deep. That's heavy revelation. Let me write that down, type it up in triplicate. No, life happens. Look at your neighbor and just say, life happens. <laughs> life in a fallen world happens. What happens in a fallen world? Heartache, tragedy, circumstance, failure. Brokenness, disappointment, bad reports, sickness, disease, accidents, financial loss and collapse, and abandonment. And last but not least, personal attack, whether it's physical or sexual or at the hands of someone else. Life happens. And the temptation for us all is to have this David moment. We know David as a great victor. He ended a great victor. But it didn't stop him from being a troubled child. It didn't stop him from being a troubled man, a troubled individual periodically and life happens we all go through the why me we all go through the why now and we all go or make this accusation to God where are you 
Well, the word tells us very clearly, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. But how easy that goes out of our mind when we're running through something or going through a test or going through a trial or going through a setback or going through a tragedy. Suddenly I can't find that down in my heart that tells me all is well, all is well, all is well, all is well. In that moment, there, when I'm into that kind of stress, my mind oftentimes overrides my spiritual knowledge and it causes me to battle within myself and instead of praising my God that he is with me in the middle of the circumstance, I find myself going, God, where are you? Is this all right? (sighs) Then often the heart and the mind in this place in anger or brokenness wants to blame God for our situation. We've all done it. You created this, God. You could stop it. Come on. Or you're big enough to separate the oceans from the land. You placed the stars in the sky. Why can't you stop this circumstance coming against me? And here comes an accusation I've heard many times. God's just mean. Oh, really? (laughs) I've heard that come out of even believers' mouth. God's just mean. Are we talking about the same God who split time in half and sent his son, placed him on the cross to pay a penalty that you and I could never pay? Are we talking about the same God? Are we talking about the one who hung between heaven and earth, between God and man, with a torturous crown of thorns around his head, having been beaten beyond recognition, with his internal organs hanging out of the places where he was ripped, hanging there in suffocation, crying things like, God, forgive them. They don't even understand what they're doing. Yet our heart can be deceptive. The Bible says that every man, not that, that means every man. That, that also includes you ladies. All mankind. And you streaming, every man is a liar. That's what the word says. Every man is a liar. And even when we come to Christ and we got it all going on, the enemy who is the father of lies is whispering into that part of you that's susceptible to siding with the liar. And when something goes wrong or backwards, or gets broken. The enemy does everything in his power to convince you that God is mean. Oh, he could have stopped it. Oh, he could have changed this whole circumstance. Oh, he could have he could have rearranged everything. <laughs> mm. In fact, Isaiah 46 and 10 says that God declares the end from the beginning. He knows it all. He knows how it's all going to play out. He knew how it was all going to play out before he started it. Yet he saw the value in it and he started it anyway. He understood that God, that man, his prized creation, the crown jewel of his creation, 
the apex of everything that he would place upon the earth, the one that he trusted the most to put his own image into, would fail him and betray him and become treasonous to him. And yet he valued those of you and me who by an act of our own will would receive his merciful grace and deemed it worthy to go ahead and let us run the race. He deemed it worthy that whatever we face in this life, he trusts you enough that you will hold on to his hand. This is why he doesn't strike us when we have a David moment and we're saying, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? He knew you would have this moment. He knew you'd be going through this hell. He knew you'd be struggling. He knew, but he saw that through it all, you would hold to your faith and he would reward you on the other end of your faith. And when you arrive, he'll still be standing. And when the smoke clears, you'll still be standing because he never left you. Wow. He set the world in motion knowing man would corrupt a perfect setting. But he didn't give up on us. He's still waiting on us. So he can come and reset the proper order in the millennial reign when Christ takes his seat as the king of all kings. Man through the world Man threw the world into chaos. I'm going to say that again. Man threw the world into chaos, not God. Sin is a destroyer. And Satan is a tempter. And man is a fallen creature. And we didn't do it God's way. That's why we get in these moments and when the world is pressing in on us, and we hear the temptation to blame God. That's the moment to fall on your face and cry out. That's the moment to fall to your knees and say, there is a God. That is the moment to say, God, I'm going to lean on you and trust in you and allow you to lead me through what I do not understand. I'm going to let you open and close the doors. I'm going to let you do the thinking from here on out. I'm going to be your loyal subject. I'm going to lay at your feet and magnify you and glorify you until I get to the other side of this temptation and this trial and this hardship and this hard knock and this tragedy, I'm going to stay with you. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to allow myself to be built stronger than I've ever been. I'm going to come out stronger than I went into this situation. I'm going to come out intact with Jesus Christ. Because we didn't do it God's way, he sent Jesus to do it for us so we could escape eternal separation from God. And if you think about the wisp of a life that we have here, those of you who are my age and older understand what I mean by that. Because you were born, you were just playing underneath uh, the shade of an oak tree in your front yard as a child. And now all of a sudden you find yourself in a place where even your body doesn't work the way that it used to. And you don't think as well as you used to. And things aren't what they once were. Oh, so life is but a vapor. It, it comes and it goes so quickly. But Jesus came that, that 
we wouldn't be separated from him eternally. So even though we're going through struggle and hardship and heartache here, I want to encourage you that it lasts but for a moment. It lasts but for a moment. If it lasted your whole lifetime, it's but for a moment in comparison to God's mercy in eternity. And God provides a way of escape. So many of the things that I struggle with, I struggle with because I get myself into a sinful condition or I listen to the tempter. But I want to deliver to you today the hope in your deliverer. God hasn't forgot us. He hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left us alone. He hasn't placed us out there without a comfort. I didn't say you won't go through difficult things. That is life because of fallen man. But those difficult things do not have to destroy you. They can build you. They can make you strong. They can make you twice the person that you've ever been. Hmm. So now we are abiding until the end of the age in God's plan because of what Jesus has done. And we are getting closer to our redemption every moment. Yet in the meantime, in the meantime, even though we're getting closer to eternity, even though we're getting closer to Jesus coming and setting up his kingdom, even though we're getting closer to the promise, in the meantime, I have to live in Adam's fallen world. I have to live in Adam's rebellion. I can't get out of it. I'm stuck in it until the sounding of the trump, until the return of Jesus Christ. This week has been a tough week. Can I sit down for a minute? This has been a tough week. We've had two deaths associated by family members of the church or, or those who have been a part of our family. Two deaths that were avoidable but happened. Right now as I speak, I want you to know God hasn't forgotten you in this. God is working for you and with you. I've had marriages in trouble this week while rushing to the hospital with near-death experiences, tragic experiences. We're doing marriage counseling on the phone. I've had people come with unexpected conditions and eye trouble and back trouble and financial troubles. It's been a tough week. But this morning, I want you to know that John 14.1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. I went to bed last night without a message on my heart because I felt depleted from the week. I went to bed last night just feeling like a thousand pounds were laying on my shoulders as my mind was drifting off to sleep. I was praying for my friend Jesse. 
And I woke up praying for him. And when I woke up, God spoke this word to me. He said, let not your heart be troubled. That word troubled means to be beset by problems or anxious or worried or distressed or perturbed or uneasy or unsettled. And if you read the entirety of that verse, he goes on and promises us that there, are, there is a dwelling place in the Father and in the Father's house are many mansions. It's the fulfillment of a promise, and that's why God is telling us that even though in this wisp of a life, it's nothing but a few days of trouble according to what Solomon laid out for us in the book of Ecclesiastes, that under the sun, man has nothing but trouble. That's in the natural world, but we've been elevated beyond the natural condition of this world to put our hope in Christ Jesus, and Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Whatever I've promised you is coming to you. I'm almost finished. Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And at Isaiah 61, it says this. This is the scripture that you find in Luke, the fourth chapter. Jesus quotes this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for captives and to re- the release of the prisoners from darkness. Mm. Jesus quoted Isaiah and it just happened to be his day to read and when he got through all eyes were upon him because when he said it something riveted the room something riveted the scholars when he said it something went across the room that said there's something different about the way the man reads this why because in John 1 1 he is the word he is the word he is the word And the word said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom to the captives and the release of prisoners from darkness. He didn't say from prison. We're not, we're not, we're not, it's not about being behind bars in a jail cell. God can permeate that. That's not a problem. It's those chains of darkness that hold us bound emotionally that keep us from the finish line and slow us down in our race. But I'm here to tell you this wisp of troubled days is only in the natural realm. I'm a child of the most high God. I have a God of divine reversal and he'll turn my circumstances circumstances to bring joy in the morning. Give him praise. Magnify his name. Glorify him. You are worthy, Father. You are worthy. 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 You are worthy, worthy, God. 
You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Thank you, Father. To those of you who are streaming today, those that I've already spoke to, we love you and we'll pray for you and we're going to continue to pray for you because you have a church family that cares. For those of you who are just tuning in because you like to share with us, God bless you. Thank you. And if you're going through something right now, I want you to take courage in your God. He is the Word. Oh, He is the Word. He didn't just read the Word. He is the Word. And that Word can change your circumstance. That Word can change whatever you're going through. And I want you to take courage today that whatever trouble has faced you in this life, no matter how bleak and how dark it looks, there's a God. There's a God. There's a God who's waiting to reach into your circumstance. He doesn't forget us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's never distracted. He's not like the God of Baal, whom Elijah made fun of. Has he gone to the bathroom? No, he never steps out. Your God is always watching. Your God is always caring. Your God is always reaching. Passion Church, your God is always reaching. Your God is always working. Your God is ever present. Your God is always with you. He's always leading, always guiding, always reaching, always trying to help you. Your God loves you enough to win you back the only righteous way it could have been done do you mind the only righteous way it could have been done by giving us a second man Adam to go back and reverse the curse and the trick that was played on Eve and the rebellion of the first man Adam and we don't look now to our natural we look to our supernatural we look unto Jesus. Would you stand? We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website, passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry. 